0: Our scripture lesson this morning also comes from the the lectionary, but this is the Old Testament lesson from the lectionary today, from the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31. We're going to read verses 31 through 34. But before I read that to you, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear, And the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Jeremiah 31, beginning with verse 31. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord." For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this next month, my grandmother is going to turn 97 years old. And after 97 years, it's amazing what she can remember. She would tell you that she has a terrible memory, but she actually has an incredible memory. She can remember things that we did many years ago. She can remember presents that she gave me on Christmas, times that we went to baseball games, and she can remember the stats of many Atlanta Braves baseball players, which I can't do. But she can even remember things from a long, long time ago, places that she lived. It's amazing at what she can remember. Several years ago, I may have told you about this before, but Julianne and I had gone to Orlando for Christmas, and my grandmother lived in Orlando for a little while as a teenager, and, and I called her up when we were down there and I said, "'Grandmother, do you remember what neighborhood you lived in in Orlando?' And she said, "Well, it wasn't really a neighborhood. We lived on Colonial Drive." Well, if you've ever been to Orlando, Colonial Drive's a very long road. And I said, "Well, I don't think we'll be able to find that. Colonial Drive's a huge road." And she said, "Well, it was really close to this old theater that I used to go to to dates at, at called the Vogue Theater." Well, we looked it up and of course the Vogue had been long torn down, long gone. But I was amazed that she could remember the name of the theater. She said, well, if it's torn down, I think it was on Mills Avenue, the corner of Mills and Colonial. That's where the theater was. I couldn't believe it. She remembered and we found that little that little intersection right there, Mills and Colonial. And even though the theater wasn't there, it was still clear that there, were, there was a, actually a drugstore there at that time. And we knew that her house had to be somewhere in that neighborhood. And she said, if you just walk up and down the street, you'll be able to see where I lived. And she tried to describe the house to us. Now, everything in that area had been torn down and built back up. I thought there was no way that her house would be there, but she described the house to me, tall brick columns in the front, two-story house. She described what it would look like, and sure enough, we were going down the road, we parked in an IHOP across the street, and we looked, and across the street was a house very similar to the one that she described. Took a picture of it, and I sent it to her, and she said, well, that's a miracle, but that was the house that I grew up in. And I said, Grandmother, I can't believe we found it. You have such a good memory. I can't believe that you could remember all these little details and we could find this house. I said, I I do have some bad news for you, though. And she said, what's that? I said, your house is now a tattoo parlor. (laughs) And she said, well, I guess there's some things that are worth forgetting, aren't there? (laughs) Having a good memory. That's what this passage from Jeremiah is all about. It's about memory. Memories of what's happened in the past and remembering those things that God calls us to remember. Jeremiah, in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, tells the the story, the memories of all of the people of Israel. And many of those memories are bad memories, memories of how they were unfaithful to God. He, he tells the story of that covenant. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, the covenant of God that was through the temple system and we the law of God that came to Moses. That was the first covenant that, that God gave to God's people. And this was the covenant that God used to to make his relationship right, God's relationship right with God's people. And yet... All throughout Jeremiah, Jeremiah talks about how the people forgot that covenant. Their memory wasn't too good. They forgot the things that God had asked them to do, and so that covenant was broken. And for most of the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah talks about how because they broke that covenant, because they forgot what God asked them to do, because they were unfaithful, uh, the people were left to their own demise, the demise of the Babylonian Empire. They were were left and, and their culture was destroyed all because they had forgotten what God had asked them to do, forgotten who God had asked them to be. The entire book of Jeremiah is almost like your your mother saying, well, you've made your bed and now you have to lie in it. You forgot the covenant of God and so this is what's going to happen to you. For all of these chapters except for this little bit that we just read, chapters 31, 32, and 33, three little chapters in the midst of Jeremiah gives us a little vision of hope. It describes a new covenant. What it says there is that a new covenant is coming soon, a new covenant. And in those days, we won't have to remember who God is because it will be written on our hearts. We'll never forget it because it will be written right there on our hearts. We won't forget the law anymore because it will be written in this new covenant and we will live that way forever. We as Christians believe that that new covenant is through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That new covenant is what we celebrate in a few weeks on Easter Sunday. That Jesus Christ came and changed the world forever, changed our relationship with God through a new covenant, something new. That's what we affirm and believe that is happening, and, and we believe that that has been written on our hearts. We just made that visible for Trip a few moments ago when, when he was baptized. We believe that that covenant is written on our hearts as well, as we are called to remember who God is and who we are called to be. But I dare say, many of us, even though this new covenant is something we all claim as our own, I dare say many of us tend to forget what that means from time to time. Even though it's supposed to be written on our hearts, we tend to forget what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Just as Mary was talking about in the, in the children's moment a little bit ago, we are called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, but we tend to act a lot less like Jesus and a lot more like who we wanna be. Jesus lived a very different life than most of us live, and following in Jesus' footsteps, following in that new covenant, is not something that's easy for us to do. Think about it. Jesus was a person who, who loved his enemies, who forgave them, who, who forgave his enemies, and, and called on God to forgive them. Jesus was a person who sat down with sinners and tax collectors. Jesus was a person who forgave people so easily, and that's hard for us to do. We look at forgiveness in our world today and we think, well, forgiveness is a lot like weakness. To forgive someone when they hurt me rather than getting even or or taking revenge, well, that's just a sign of weakness. Strength comes when we, we get ourselves even when we conquer our enemies, not when we sit down at tables with them. But the new covenant in Jesus Christ is one that tells us through life and death and resurrection, through love and forgiveness and kindness with our enemies, we find ways to grow closer to God and be the people that God called us to be. God calls us to be forgiving, like Jesus Christ forgave us. And yet for many of the people in the world, that forgiveness is a sign of weakness. Now, I want to be really clear. We talk about forgiveness a lot in our our church, and I want to be really clear about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not minimizing the pain that has happened to us, to minimize it such that we pretend like it didn't happen. Many of us have, have, have seen that, and friends around us, maybe some of you have experienced that, where we just pretend like something painful or hurtful never happened to us, and what happens is, is that pain just continues. It continues to beat us down and our life is defined by that painful thing that happened to our in our past or that pain that's continuing to happen. At the same time, forgiveness is not about maximizing our pain such that we demand retribution or we demand revenge or we demand getting even and only then can we forgive. Forgiveness is about something new, new life, a new relationship claiming strength that was once weakness. That's what Jesus Christ does on the cross. He, He claims new life through death and through resurrection. Forgiveness allows us not to perpetuate our lives that we had in the past, but to start something new. Start something new that we never imagined we could have before. I've told you this story, but I want to give you a little illustration from my past. My last church, I was friends with a woman in our church named Inez. She and her husband Bill had been married for years, and they had one daughter, a, a, a young woman there in the church who was about my age. And Inez was an incredible woman who really convicted me about what forgiveness was really all about. All throughout her daughter's childhood, Inez struggled in her relationship with Bill. Bill was verbally abusive to her and sometimes even, even physically abusive to her. And, and she spent all of her time trying so hard to protect her daughter from her abusive father, Bill. Inez spent their entire, her entire childhood, her daughter's entire childhood, protecting her from Bill until finally her daughter grew up and, and went to college and got out of the house. And it was then that Inez decided it was safe to divorce Bill because she had protected her daughter from, from that abuse. And it was amazing to think about the strength that it took for her to protect her daughter all those many years. But finally, just a few years after that, that they had gotten that divorce, something incredible happened. Bill had a stroke. Bill, this man who had spent his entire life hurting Inez and and threatening her, he had a stroke, and it was a debilitating stroke, and now he couldn't even take care of himself. He was in a wheelchair and, and had to take care of him, had no one to take care of him. Well, you would think Inez would say, well, you've made your bed, now you can lie in it. You're getting what you deserve. You treated me so poorly, so now you get to see what it's like but instead she did the opposite of that. She knew that Bill had nowhere else to go. And so even though they were divorced, even though they would never be the same again, they would never be married again, she knew the only place he had to go was to come back home with her. And so she took Bill back into her house and took care of him until he died. Now you might say, oh, that's a weak thing to do, to to take someone back in who has treated you so poorly. But on the day of his death, on the day of his funeral, I asked Inez's daughter if she had forgiven Bill, and she said, what she told me was, you know, my mom, Inez, is the strongest woman I have ever met. Not just because she protected me for so many years, not just because she had the strength to divorce my father, but even more so because she had the strength to love someone who was unlovable. She had the strength to forgive someone who was unforgivable. She had the strength to welcome in someone who had hurt her and betrayed her. Well, I hope those words are sounding familiar to you. Because we talk about someone every single Sunday who did just that. Who loved the unlovable, who forgave the unforgivable, who welcomed and accepted enemies back into his home. That's who Jesus Christ is. That's what the new covenant is all about. That when we forgive, something new is possible. When we let those old pains and those old sufferings die, new life is possible through this new covenant of Jesus Christ. Now don't get me wrong, I know that's hard to do. I know most of us would love to just forget, let those things go away. Well, I know most of us would, would love to just not even try to forgive other people, but just forget those relationships to let them go. And don't get me wrong, I don't want us in any way to perpetuate what has happened in the past, abusive relationships or betrayal. That's not forgiveness. No, forgiveness is when we allow something new to happen for our lives, not to be defined by what happened in our past, but be defined by how we respond by a future of grace and love, a future of strength where we forgive other people just the way God forgave us. And that's maybe where the hope in this passage comes. It's right there at the end. I hope you heard it when I I read it a minute ago. And all this talk about remembering who Jesus Christ is, having that covenant written on your heart, right at the end of the passage, I don't know if you caught it, but it said, God will remember your sins no more. All of this talk about how we're supposed to remember the covenant and then it says God will remember your sins no more. Now we believe in an omniscient, all-powerful God. We believe in a God that doesn't forget. God knows everything, the Alpha and the Omega. But what I believe that means is that new life is possible through a God who is willing to forgive. God is willing to let life after Jesus Christ define us, after death, after resurrection, because through Jesus Christ, through this new covenant, we can be made new, new people, people who believe in God's love, not just believing in vengeance or getting equal. People who believe in forgiveness and believe in sharing that forgiveness with others. I've shared with you this little parable before. It's a parable that my minister shared with me when I was a child my minister, Ed McLeod, and it's one that stuck with me for a long, long time. It's a story of a little girl named Olivia, probably about your age, Elle. She was a little girl who, who parents went to church, just like you all do, and she loved going to church, and in fact, she loved praying to God. She would go upstairs to her room and pray quite often, and her parents were very proud of just how religiously pious she was. But one day, she came downstairs, and she reported to her mother, Mom, uh, I was just talking to God, and God told us that we need to go to church more often. Mom thought that was funny for a minute, but said, okay, maybe she's, true. she's telling the truth. And then a few days later, she came back downstairs after praying, and she said, Mom, God told me that there's somebody down the street who needs our help, and we need to go and help them. Well, this started to get concerning for the parents. Is she really, Olivia really talking to God? Is really Olivia really hearing God's voice speaking to her? I mean, that's a little fanatical, especially for Presbyterians. So finally they got concerned. They were worried that she was starting to a little go off the deep end hearing God speaking to her. And so they reached out to a grandfather, grandfather who was a, a pillar of the church, grandfather who was the... the, the just a staple of faith in their family and they asked grandfather you've got to go and talk to Olivia go and tell her that God doesn't talk to people like that anymore God doesn't communicate like that anymore explain to her that she's she's going off the deep end here so grandfather came and talked to Olivia for a little bit and finally he said okay if you really think God is talking to you I'm going to put it to the test grandfather said when I was a teenager I did something really awful really bad but nobody else knows about it but me. At least all the people who knew about it then are no longer here. So I'm the only one who knows about it. I've hid this secret for so long. So go upstairs and ask God to tell you what that sin was that I committed. Well, little Olivia walked back up the stairs, stayed up there for a long time, but finally came back downstairs. And she looked at her grandfather and her grandfather got a little worried. Maybe she's going to tell everyone what I just did. (laughs) But instead, Olivia looked at her grandfather, looked at her whole family and said, I asked God what you did. And God responded, I remember that sin no more. Well, Mom thought, well, that's just proof. She's not talking to God. But when Olivia turned and looked at her grandfather, a few tears were in his eyes. She said, do you want me to ask God anything else? He said, no, just go tell God, thank you. Thank you. And for the first time in his life, grandfather had some peace about what he had done. God says, I remember your sins no more. God chooses to look at new life, the new covenant, the resurrection, and let that define our relationship. And not our sin, not our death, not our mistakes. God chooses to remember those sins no more so that we can have new life in Jesus Christ. Now there are all sorts of things in our life that we would rather forget. But that new covenant is something worth remembering. That new covenant in Jesus Christ is something worth remembering this day and every day, the way we treat our neighbors, the way we treat ourselves, even the way we treat our enemies. And so today, I hope that new covenant will be rewritten on your heart and on mine. Thanks be to God. Amen.